Hi everyone, it's Gujan, aka Gigi. This is Victoria. And I'm Mika. And this is a word at the table. table. And we have a special guest. Vicky, you wanna go ahead and introduce him? Yes. This is I wanna do like an introduction like sway. <laughs> you love me going on. Okay. He is a talk show host, he's a dancer, a uh um a vlogger? Yeah, he is all an Elkhorn experience. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elkhorn in the house. <laughs> oh, see, I got to do more shows. This helps my self-esteem. Like, I got to do more shows. <laughs> exactly, all that. So, Elkhorn, how about you? Uh, we first want to thank you for being on our show. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, how do I follow up that intro? Um, <laughs> well, like you said, my name is Elquan Elliott. I currently live in Los Angeles. I'm an actor, a singer, a dancer. I vlog. I am a YouTuber. I'm an influencer sometimes. And I just like, I want to make a difference in this world. So I do, t- I would love to have my own show. Thank you for putting that out there, Victoria. I mean, you all oh, already. I feel like this <laughs> you know, I put that out there. Yeah. We try to, to be Oprah. We try to roll up like Oprah. We try to have a whole county in Santa Barbara. That's what we try to do. Okay. You all invited, just so you know. The Come moment on. I sign the lease, you all invited. Yeah. So we have you said that we was going to be. Right. Nothing. <laughs> Got it on camera. <laughs> Can't deny it. All right. <laughs> So you're in California. It's June, right? Can you explain to us, well, explain to anybody who may be unfamiliar, what exactly is Pride? Okay. So pretty much Pride Month is a month where a lot of corporations take it upon themselves to not be homophobic for 30 days. It starts back on July 1st. Um, (laughs) No, seriously. Seriously, pride is something that is very needed. It's it's a celebration of all things queer. Um, now, queer is a good thing. You're allowed to say queer now. There was a time you'd get smacked up for that, but now it's a good thing to say. And it accompanies everybody in the LTGB community collectively. So that means the lesbians, the gays, the trans, the bisexuals, everybody is a part of the queer community. And some new things that just keep getting added on every yeah. other day. Like asexuals in there, um, intersexes in there, yeah. Okay. Questioning, time, oh. all of the above. It's a lot so, to learn. It's you telling me in the back of my day, gay, lesbian, trans. That's it. <laughs> if you didn't fall in there, you ain't on the list. That's it. You can't come yeah. in here. And then bye. But you know, that's controversial to some people. No. That's another topic. That's another. <laughs> That's controversial to some people. I don't know why. Why is it in the community that people don't like bi people? I don't understand that. Because I think a lot of people associate bisexuality with something that they had to do to make it acceptable on their journey. Mm. So, like a lot of people had to come out as bi in order for them to feel some sort of acceptance to try to give their family or their friends a glimmer of hope to say, "Hey, yes, I am queer, but I'm not that queer." Yeah, like sometimes, you know, you could see me with a woman. I might end up with a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No one good done. Well, that ain't going to happen. Right. So that was just like a cover-up, and now it's like an issue if it's said, yeah. Definitely. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that. 
A lot of people in the community do not care for bisexual people. It's a very, it's very like, girl, you can't sit with us. I don't particularly care for that though. I don't like that. Listen, everybody come over here. Anybody that want to come sit over here, come sit over here. They sit at the table for everybody. Mm -hmm. Even within the community, like trans people have to like, you know, voice themselves more like boisterously. And then like bisexuals are like, we exist. I'm actually bisexual. I never understood that. I'm like, but then again, in the black community, there's a lot of like, we, we fight amongst ourselves. So never mind. Like, yeah. But also I think a lot of people have to understand that trans, um, they, they're, they're not, I'm going to say thing, but the trans movement is way different than the LTGB or the LGQ other yeah. one nine is the trans it's a little bit different because they're fighting for gender identity mm-hmm. whereas we're fighting for a sexual lifestyle yeah you know they're, they're they're fighting to live in the body that they feel the most comfortable or they feel like they should have been born in which is way different because you know as a gay man i don't have to fight with nobody about no bathroom yeah you know you, i you can present um you can you know it's not like someone looks at you and you're like like oh that's a trans you know it's like you know, walking. you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I get well, bam all the time, and I'm like, "Wait, people think you trans? People think you'd be like, hey, ma'am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, where, where? <laughs> it was. <laughs> is, is someone behind me? Um, oh goodness! So, did you celebrate Pride this year? Say it again. Do you celebrate Pride or is that just like a corporation thing for you? I mean, I go to the parties. Okay. I don't go to the parade unless I'm in it. Because why do I need to see people walk past me? I don't. Mm. Well, I have a quick question. Is Pride Month similar to how Black History Month is to Black people? Not talking schools. Yes. I, but I think that that's also a problem because I think that it's so weird to me that it, it's only confined in a month. Like, I don't like the idea of Black History Month because, right. you know, why? This is a part, we're a part of American history. Mm-hmm. The, the gay rights movement is a part of American history because it happened here in America. Right, right. All these things, you know, women's rights, all these different things are things that happen in America. So why do we excluded from just general information that we give people mm-hmm. why do we confine it why on february do you think it's appropriate for you to sit over and give us watermelon and fried chicken in the cafeteria oh, like wow. the watermelon. <laughs> i'm sorry but did y'all see that story that ikea was yeah. serving watermelon I did. And they got so much Wait, so I think they serve soul food that included watermelon and fried chicken. I don't think it was exclusively watermelon and fried chicken. But that's what I like, right? (laughs) I didn't verify. So I don't know. I'm not going to know Swedish people for no soul food. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to, if you want soul food, go to black owned businesses. Don't go to, don't go to Sweden for soul food. You know, let them, they got the meatballs. That's enough. Let them do that over there. That's them. You know, that's what they do. You know, let us have our soul food. I don't know. Why are you putting that on the menu for? I don't need cornbread to buy a sofa. Like, what's going on over here? 
because at this point they know what they're doing they know they, they know people exactly. like to use black rage as like a, a form of advertisement you know it's like they get their name in the news and it's like oh yeah we're sorry <laughs> but y'all talking about us <laughs> like you know they love yeah and then they put sorry on these little, little programs for for like a little bit to show diversity and that they love us and like okay all right we have a we have that one black employee that works in the back see we, we're all diversified <laughs> Les has been here for 32 years. Mm. He's like father to us all. Like, girl, that ain't what we're talking about. But okay, if, love it for you. Right. You feel like people do that with um with Pride Month too, right? Mm-hmm. Just a showcase. Why is there a Pride section in Target? Oh yeah. Make Rainbow make- always comes out. <laughs> Uh, I walked past it. I was just so ashamed. I just had to cover my face. And, like, I look at this foolishness. Because <laughs> come July 1st, y'all going to be right back to your normal shenanigans. Mm. But for Did 30 days. Who celebrated Juneteenth, though? Speaking of, like, celebration of Blacks and stuff. Who celebrated Juneteenth this year? This was our first, no, this was our second annual official Juneteenth, Right. Right. Last year was like the first official. This year was the second. Well, I think nobody did anything for Juneteenth. Well, I went to a parade here in Indianapolis. Oh, nice! I was very disappointed. I mean, there's like five oh. black people in Indianapolis. Well, was that a parade or just I just it was around? It was a whole lot of people, but I think it was just not well organized. And this was the fifth year they were doing it. And I was very disappointed. But my sister went to one in Cleveland. Um, she lives in Ohio. And she she had a very good experience. So mm. I guess they're trying. I'll go again next year and support. But it was a, a huge disappointment. And yes, I was embarrassed because there were others there. Because it is Indiana. But I was like, oh, God. was <laughs> <laughs> not indicative of me. Yeah, yeah. I know um, here in Brooklyn, on Flatbush, they unveiled a George Floyd monument in the morning on Juneteenth. Um, and it's it's pretty huge. It's like dead in the middle of Flatbush. Um, can't miss it. So I thought that was very powerful. Um, but that's about it that I attended. I didn't really do much. I guess I got to get more into it, but I, I, um, I didn't do much, to be honest. I was looking, actively looking for, I was like, who has a barbecue? What's going on? The rain <laughs> said, stay home. People were canceling. I did nothing. You know? So, so I'm upset. something next year. We should I know. No, next year. I got you. I, I got you next year. Right, next yeah, year. Bye. I'm going out there in my dashiki and everything. Come I, on. I got you there. Yeah. I'll leave they, the they had something. Uh, okay, won't be doing that. But, <laughs> but. Um, they had something in Lamert Park. Unfortunately, I found out the day after. So yeah, you know, it's usually how that goes. Like everyone's like writing about it, and I'm like, oh, what's going? Oh, it was yesterday. Oh. But in my de- in my defense, I'm a terrible black person because I didn't know about Juneteenth until the episode of Blackish. So with that being oh, said, I don't watch Blackish. Okay. That's where I found out about it. So yeah. y'all watch Blackish? I'm watching. I do, and I blame it on. I just say that's why I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about it either until like a couple of years ago, and I was like, "What's that?" No, we, that. Um, remember we were, when we went? We to, were failed. 
Gigi, remember we went to Odie's barbecue and one of her friends was telling us about that? That's when I first started learning about you. You weren't paying attention, were you? <laughs> I was probably drinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, about, what about that steak? <laughs> history, my black history. What about that drink over there? <laughs> oh, man. What did you, did you do anything, Victoria? Or I was trying. Honestly, I was trying. Like, I feel more excited about Juneteenth than uh, Memorial Day or Fourth of July because I personally like the gatekeep things. I'm like, this is just for us guys. Yay. You know, that's the type of person I am. So it's like, if something is designated just for me and I don't think that it's like um, commercialized yet. I don't think so. If I see a Juneteenth sale, then I'll start to get upset. But right now I'm next year. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. They'll start. They're going to have a, ju- gonna have a oh, Juneteenth extra value meal at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't <laughs> oh, man. KFC might have a special for Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Alphon, we yes. are like a faith-based uh, podcast. What would, you say <laughs> your, what would you say your religion is? I'm spiritual. Okay, so we're not checking any boxes. No. So what does that mean exactly? I believe there is a higher power. I just don't hold myself to the Bible. I don't hold myself to the Quran. I don't hold myself to any specific faith. I just believe that I believe in the universe. I believe in a higher power. I do pray and all those type of things. I just do not believe that you have to live your life solely based off of what a particular book says. Mm. Sorry if I offended anybody. No, <laughs> no, thanks for your honesty. Yeah. So how did you grow up though? Like what was your, you, you, um, you had a close relationship with your grandmother, right? What was your grandma asking? Well, yes, she's cool. Um, I grew up mostly with my mother. I didn't really know my father's side of the family until I was like 17. And that's when I moved to New York. So, and we lived in Maryland. So every Sunday it was going to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I really, I enjoyed it, but I really just never felt connected to it. Mm-hmm. That and, yeah. and, and as I got older, I kind of, went further away from it because, you know, at a point in my life, I volunteered at an LTGBQ center. And when you get to hear some of those stories about how this book that is supposed to be taught love and it's supposed to be you showing love to people, that's what the Bible means to me, mm-hmm. has people throwing their children out. Yeah. You know, when you hear the trans girl say that, you know, I was thrown out at 16 and I have to do certain things in life because, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. say what those things are because I, I want to respect your program. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have to do certain things in life in order to survive mm-hmm. because I don't have an education. My parents will not speak to me. Mm-hmm. And to hear those stories and, and, and when you dig deep into it, you're like, well, why is that? It's because of this book. Mm-hmm. you know that but that's their reasoning behind it not yeah. saying that that's what it is but for them that is their reasoning behind it that's what justifies it to them and it's just continuing hurt it's not i don't think 
again, I could be wrong, but like, I don't think you're doing the will of God by ostracizing your children, by like stopping love. You're just continuing hurt. And the enemy wants, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to destroy families. The enemy wants to destroy people's individual self-esteem and all of that. Like it just wants to perpetuate hurt. That's what it really hurts me. So absolutely I'm not in the community, but I like stories like that affect me because I'm like, wow, like people don't choose their sexuality, but they'll choose suicide. Mm. You feel me? Like that's the real choice. Like you you can't choose what who you love I let me never mind <laughs> but when you look at it and, and it goes back to the black experience when you look at these people who are there it's not the Caucasian kids as much it's our children that are out there our children as including the the Latinx community children it's our children of color that are the ones that are suffering the most you know there's nothing like seeing these things. Like to see, like I've gone to the shelters where these young trans girls had to live. You're right. Why is it predominantly black and Spanish people? Is that, because... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, is it is it because of the strict, I don't know, I think the black church is, mm. um, there's a, a level of strictness that comes mm-hmm. with the black church. Not, and it's not, you know, conservative strict, but I think it's a, it's a, um, it's a to the word or to the book type of strict uh, that you have to follow the rules. And I don't know if that could be why we see it more amongst the people of color community. And that's really sad. I never, that never crossed my mind, but that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would challenge anybody who, even if you're, you know, anybody who's, you know, faith-based or anything like that, go into some of these community centers, you know, these, these centers, because every city has them, you know, go into them and see what is really going on out here. You know, it's really sad to watch to see 14, 15 year old children thrown out like garbage. Mm -hmm. Not feeling as if someone loves them, not feeling as though, you know, something that a lot of us you know, a lot of us, we were fortunate enough to have our families, the ones who have. Imagine not having that at 14 years old during the time where you're developing who you're going to be as an adult. You know, uh, your parents throw you literally out like garbage. Wow. So like in these centers, have you witnessed any ministry work? Like, do you see, and have you ever seen any churches go into these LGBT centers and try to reach out? Yes. Um, oh. One of the one of the people who oversaw the trans um, place that I went to, his name was Father Braxton, and he was a pastor. So, like, he was the person that was overseeing it, and I thought that that was really cool. Like, I think, you know, he would have them, you know, pray before meals and, you know, things of that nature. So I definitely did see that. And, you know, that's awesome. But then you kind of, kind of, counteract that with them thinking that I was thrown out because of the same thing so where where do you sit with that yes this person is being good to me but then my family disowned me because of you know their religion so how do I have a successful relationship with God when I was told that God told them to throw me out like garbage Mm -hmm. 
And unfortunately, the negativity is what ling- lingers in you much longer than mm-hmm. the positivity. It's always like that, yeah. 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 And I think that's where a lot of people that uh, believe in God failed. Mm-hmm. I just want to say the church failed. They don't put in the effort to try to understand where everyone is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then it's like also to just like you said, the person was just there being nice, but let's unpack everything. Let's talk about everything. Let's like start doing the work. And I think that's where a lot of people fail. Like they're just like, oh, okay, well, peace out. You know, it's easy to throw people away, you know? Right? Mm-hmm. So everybody here has like, I like to say multiple identities. Like I'm a black woman, you know, pretty much. Yeah, like I'm a black woman. <clears throat> Um, Alquan, you're a gay black man. So it's like we belong in different communities. I always think of myself as a woman first. I don't want to like offend anybody, but like, I feel like with smart women, regardless of race, I feel like there's a little bit more community there, a little bit more sisterhood there, as opposed to just a mass of black people. I love black people. I love being black. I love my blackness, but I feel like I identify more with feminism as opposed to like, you know, like black pride, if that makes sense. Now, do you, Elhan, do you feel like you have an allegiance as like towards blackness or towards the LGBT community? Or do you feel like those two identities can't be separated? I feel like those two identities can't be separated because Mm -hmm. I can't turn off my queerness and I can't turn off my blackness. I just can't. When I walk into a store, I can't, they're not going to be thinking, oh, that's a gay man. He couldn't steal. They're going to be thinking, oh, that's a black man. He's going to steal. You know, I can't turn either one of them off. I just can't. So I cannot compartmentalize one over the other or separate it. It's all of who I am. What about you guys? Like, do you, but like, do you guys feel like, um, you can ever like pick a side between being black or being a woman? I don't, I don't think so. I think I, I, what you said, Alquan, the way you articulated that, I think I show up when I show up, you see a woman and you see a black woman. So I think that, um, I identify as both. I don't think that, um, and and this may be because I'm not, I'm not uh, born in the U.S., but I don't fully identify with perhaps like African American Black culture as much as you know Haitian culture because mm-hmm. I feel like that's more of where I belong. Same. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think. Um, I guess I would identify as more of Haitian American, if anything. Yeah. yeah, just the way we were raised and just the things that we do, our traditions. Um, and yeah, same same as for me. It's it's I'm a black woman, so it's the same everywhere I am. Like one is it come out than than the other. I don't know. <laughs> Prioritized than the other. But I guess it does in certain um I guess situations you're put in, maybe um, being a woman, like you're fighting for rights for certain things in those instances. But I also still think that there's a difference too, where, you know, obviously as a black woman, there's more issues than if I was a white woman, like, yeah, so there's that dynamic, but, um, but yeah, definitely uh, both. So 
I feel like we've really covered a lot of topics. This was like really great having you on. Before I let you go, I did want to get your opinion, especially because you talked about like um, your feelings with homophobia in the church and stuff like that. I did mm-hmm. want to get your feelings on Lil Nas X video. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it yeah. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. How did you Dirt feel? It. I don't know how we felt. How did you feel? I loved every minute of it. Okay. <laughs> here's why. Every minute. All right. And here's why. I think the concept of showing people the hell that that us as queer men have been condemned to by the homophobia that lives in the Black church, you know, that's what he was kind of making fun of. Mm. He was making fun of, okay, well, since you're saying I'm going to hell, I'm going to go down there on a stripper pole. Mm. And when I get to Satan, I'm going to twerk on him and make him sit on my face. So... Was it was it inappropriate? Yes, but the message behind it was something that I felt was needed because it's kind of you know this is something that has been weighed over myself as a black queer person my entire mm-hmm. life. You know that that uncertainty. Oh, you might be going to hell or something like that. You know that's something that has always waved over me. So to see somebody say, you know what, to hell with it. You know, I'm just going to be me. And if I'm going to hell, it's going to be a party. We're going to party all the way down. You know, I respect that. Would I do that? (laughs) Very bold. But it it was like, wow, this little boy is really hurt. Like, like, the auntie me was like, oh, baby, no. Don't look back. It was just like, I could see that it was coming from a place of hurt. But I don't think it was coming from a place of hurt. I think it was more so coming from a place of, listen, this just, it, it, it's, it, if this is what you think that I'm going to be, then I'm going to show you that how it would be. I'm going to make, I'm going to control my narrative. I feel like more so than anything, mm. you know? And again, would I do it? No. <laughs> but, you know, I get, I, I love that he's, I love that, in my generation, because I'm I'm a little older. Um, in my generation, we didn't have them. Okay, well, well, listen. Okay, I am I am 52 years old. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> at least I feel that. But I look at it in my generation. We didn't have anything like that. No, we had all of our stars over here trying to pretend, and then you over here like, girl. I think like, like no, Ricky Martin was like, I'm straight, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know so we didn't have someone who's just proud and bold and he's a handsome chocolate man you know and he's unapologetically himself right. and I think that that is something that there is a a certain segment of people that need to see I think it's beautiful for everyone to see because Absolutely. you know we don't have to allow our teachings and our past traumas to control our narrative anymore mm-hmm. And I think that that's what that is showing. That is showing that we can be all the, we are all these things. We don't have to be just one thing because that's what we've always been told. There's a lot of things that our parents have taught us that may not be relevant to how we live today. Mm. And there's a lot of things that, ha- that happen in a lot of people's upbringing that's not relative to how it is today. And we have to be able to change with the times. Mm-hmm. And I Love that he decided that, you know what, I'm going to control this narrative. This is something that has weighed heavy on me my entire life. And a lot of 
young queer people, especially black ones, I'm going to control this narrative. If I'm going down, this is how it's going to go down. Mm. It's about controlling the narrative. And I think that that's what the ultimate message is. You know what I feel like when I see videos like that? I feel like um, Russell Simmons with the N-word, like other people are using like this, this traumatic thing and like, you know, oh, I'm liberated. Like you can't make this hurt me anymore. And I'm sitting there like, no, no, this is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then when I'm not in the community, so never mind. that's not the greatest analogy, but it's still like, I see that it's liberating for him to do art like that, but it's still, hurts me as a believer that he's like jaded, if that makes sense. Like it looks jaded, yeah. like like giving up kind of. Well, see, I, I think that there has to be like a, a someplace in the middle. I don't think he's giving up. He's just saying, this is what they use to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I think that as people, as people that wear different hats, we all can relate to that in some way. You know, your hat's going to be different than mine because like you guys said, you guys are black women. So there's mm -hmm. going to be something that is going to be held over you. Like probably the angry gimmick, you know, that all, all black women are angry. They're uneducated through this. It would be so cool. It, it's so cool when you see black women say that I'm not going to allow you to put that over me. I'm not going to allow you to tell me who I am. I'm going to control the narrative. I'm educated. I can start businesses. I can do all these things. I can still be sexy, but I can also be a God-fearing woman. I can be all, I can wear all these different hats. Mm. And I think that's what he, that's what he's trying to do. And I think that to see that for anybody, anybody who does it, because I love WAP, that song. I love what that song represented because at the end of the day, it's women taking power of their sexuality and saying, Sorry. this is what I like. This is what I like to do. This is what I want you to do to me. Not some guy saying, oh, well, sex is my own and it's something to make me gratified through you. I think that the, that song was very empowering to women because I think it's these women saying that this is what I like sexually. It's not about satisfying a man. It's about getting satisfaction for themselves. And I think for so long, we've been conditioned to believe that sex is for men. Mm -hmm. Women are not allowed to enjoy, or not allowed to be sexual beings. They're not allowed to enjoy sex. And because of that, you know, we've always had these songs. This is why when Snoop Dogg was like, oh, I have a problem with it. And you're like, Thank girl. you. Thank girl. you. All the nasty girl. stuff that you got a problem with. Girl. <laughs> he was like, basically, he was just like, oh, slow down. Like, slow down. Like, keep that for, the for, for like, the intimacy. And it's like, wait, but... The singer of It Ain't Fun Unless My Homies Get Some. That guy. That guy. That guy. It Ain't Fun Unless My Homies Have None. That guy is the one who's saying slow down. And that's what I really don't respect. It's, it's, it's really the fact that you have, you as a woman have the audacity, like you said, to take that narrative. Like, no, no, we're supposed to use sex as a way to like, not impress you, but like kind of put you down, like you, you this, this, you know, kind of way to regulate women. So when you like take that narrative and like say it in an empowering way, it's threatening and you need to be humble. Like, mm. I, I don't, I don't appreciate that. Right. And it's like, I, these men, like they are so like vulgar and descriptive when it comes to their lyrics. Like, so the point you're just like, oh, <laughs> Like sometimes you open it or something. And those are the first like, 
this this is a part two the the double standards in sexuality boom that is totally valid that's yeah. totally a valid topic mm-hmm. but i guess we have to wrap it up um Elquan, thank you again for joining us mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. This was fun. We gotta do this again. This was fun. If we do the, the double standards of sexuality. Absolutely, because yeah. I got a lot to say about that. Absolutely. <laughs> <on recording. laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, and I was actually gonna say something about like uh Lil Nas X video. Like when you were talking about um, you know, just he's just taking the narrative and um the fact that like he was hurt from it. That's what I feel like is always the thing that's like um amplified if anything like more so of like how much we how much like church people or whoever uh people who believe in god like they just amplify how that's a sin like that's more like that comes out more than the love and i think that's where the main issue is here it's like that's like a narrative that a lot of um people say that they've dealt with and gone through and like bullying and suicide, all these different things. And it's just, I think that's where um, the church failed for real. So well, I have a joke with that. And my joke is everyone says that being gay is such a sin, but it didn't make it into God's top 10. So I was gonna I was gonna ask a dumb question, like legitimately dumb question. So where in the Bible does it say that it's a sin? I know it says it's an abomination, but where does it say that this act will separate you from God? I don't know, but I know that this is a dumb question. Oh. I'm not saying, oh, there's no verse. No, yeah. no, I, I would I, like to see I that don't verse. know. I mean we all of us don't know the bible the whole bible or i don't even claim to be a bible expert either but i know that i know that paul speaks about homos practicing or homosexuality or sexual um immorality but i don't know if it says you know mm-hmm. homosexuality is a sin or whatever i don't know if it says that or if it exists but that's, that's an abomination i feel you on that because right. like that could when I hear it's an abomination, it doesn't necessarily mean the person is an abomination. Yeah. To me, the way that I see it, I think that we as a human race, like there's so much mystery that we don't know about ourselves that it is very mind-boggling when somebody comes with a thought and thinks that their interpretation is what is what is it but for me i think i'm at a point where i'm willing to learn and listen to everybody because mm. i know what i believe and what i read in the bible but oh. i love all people and i want to hear everybody's perspective because god right. loves every bible verse no that's a bible verse right there like james 1 19 it says yeah. listen first be slow to speak that's yeah. how you love you know, you don't just have your own judgments and you just like throw it out. No, you listen first and then be slow to speak. I yeah. love that. And I think to what Elkhorn said earlier from, you know, someone has a trans child and you at 14 throw your kid out of the house. That is not love. What? And that's like, to me, like that almost makes me mm. like, it makes me very emotional to, to think about mm-hmm. that that's something that happens every day all the time 
and it's not just trans I know like some people could say like I know a cousin of mine personally that came out as gay and he was ostracized by the whole family for that but that's they think it's a choice. they dead think it's a choice though they, they, they think it's, a, it's something that he's doing on his own volition why would someone choose to have their whole family hate them like why would someone like you know what i kind of want to shake the girls up a little bit no one chooses controversy it's not Mm -hmm. a stage and it's not an act of rebellion and i think that's where um and there's no i think the church is not willing to listen and therefore the the lgbtq community also is not willing to listen so there's not i don't know if when or if we'll come to a place where the two communities will come together and be able to talk. There are gay churches. That's true. Yeah, there are a lot of gay churches, so maybe. Yeah, but, um, but I don't know but, if it'll become mainstream church. It can be. It, it can be because I just think that people have to understand that as we evolve as people, the traditions that we knew then have evolved as well. We can't live the way that our grandparents lived because it's not indicative to how the time is now. We can hold some of the same morals, but we cannot live exactly the way that they live. You know, back then, women didn't work when our grandparents were around. Now guys want to have the stay-at-home wife, but then the husband that, then the wife that also works, and you can't have both. You have to, you know, we, we've evolved. So our mindsets have to evolve. And the moment that the churches realize that there is something in there to evolve to, that this is all about love at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And we should, if we can accept people in their bonnets and whatever the case may have you and come as you are, then we should be able to accept everyone to come as you are. Yeah. If you want to wear your blonde gilded today, come as you are. If you want to wear your high heels today, come as you are. If you want to where you're Gucci, come as you are. Everyone needs to come as they are because that's how I personally feel as though if God was here right now, that is what he would, that's what God would be about. Jesus would be hanging out in the village oh, come on. With, yeah. with the girls, with the girls, okay? Because that's where, he, that's where he's needed most. <laughs> he's coming to say fold, yeah. Okay, yeah. All the he's gonna people. be the main, he's gonna be over there with the girls. Right. You know, even Matthew, the tax collector, back in that, those days, the tax collectors used to rob from the people, like legally take money from them that they weren't supposed to take. They were collecting for the government, but also they would put some in their pocket. So that is, that's a known thief, but that was one of Jesus' disciples. So I think when we, when we lead with the hate, people don't mm-hmm. get to hear the message. Yes. And that's yes. all applied by the enemy. The enemy wants that. He wants the separation, you know? The division, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if we're all divided against each other, then how we're not a strong front. There's no way, you know, that's why, I, unfortunately, the queer people are able to advance a little bit more quicker than I would say African-American people are because we're so divided as Black people. As Black people, we are so divided we're so worried about this that and the third and not worrying about let's come together so we can fix some of this let's take some of the traits that our queer brothers and sisters are using to get the messages and the things that they want to get accomplished accomplished let's utilize some of those things and let's get let's get some change for ourselves but Hmm. there's a problem in that that's Mm -hmm. a good point 
Yeah, like what is the black agenda? But you can, you don't really know, but you can name what the LGBTQ agenda is, like what we want to achieve in that. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah, and then the other piece to it too, that it becomes like a, a struggle fest. Like, oh, my struggles. Oh, uh, yeah, right. What's the your struggle? <laughs> it's like, why are we completely We're both suffering. <laughs> right at this point. I'm like me. <laughs> right. I was in the cotton fields. <laughs> right. You was in the house. <laughs> right. You had AC. I was in the sun. How dare you? <laughs> I had no pillow every day, all night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now that's those are some really great points, though. Mm. Yeah, we could definitely one another. Can I definitely say that you ladies, I want to commend you, ladies, because I don't think you guys understand how important these type of conversations are. And how through you guys allowing me on your platform, and I thank you for that, we could probably create some sort of, or start the healing of change. This conversation is very important because there shouldn't be so much divide when it comes to faith and and people just loving people the way that they love people. And I want to commend the three of you guys, honestly, for understanding that and being you guys are creating change whether you know it or not through this platform and I just want to commend all three of you guys for that That, that's so sweet I'm literally my eyes are watering up me too wow thank you thank you for coming on our show and enlightening whoever listens to us you know like you said Hopefully, if we at least heal or bring understanding to one person, boom, God's work. Feel me? Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. The more we, the more shows like this that exist, I promise you, this is how change, because this is that evolution that I was talking about. People watch podcasts. People listen to podcasts now. This is how evolution starts. This is how we start that healing through these type of conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, thank so you nice. again for being on our show. It's, We're definitely, if when I hit you up for this part two, right? I have it on recording that you said you'd be doing it. So I I'm listening. Listen, wow. listen. I'm known as a male basher. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Male basher episode. I don't want, but I, I, sometimes I'll be liking some male bash too. So that's why. Listen, I speak truth, but if you receive that as male bashing, I'll I'll have I'm just very pro women that's what it is and I think people are not used to that you know from especially a black male like you know there's a lot of media where black males attack black women and for Mm -hmm. me I'm I'm gonna be like "Mm -mm." you know on my past show this week I'm more protective of women as opposed because like when I thinking about my personal story whenever I get attacked it's from black men I'm not saying I've never experienced racist stuff from white women. No, I'm not saying that. But black men, maybe black men, you know, yeah. that's all I'll say. And then even in the media, black men be hurting my feelings, <laughs> like with the whole uh, Tory Lanez and the baby thing. That that, that hurt my feelings. Wow, mm-hmm. look at us, dang. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
So <laughs> before we turn into another topic, that's that's yeah. literally a whole nother show. <laughs> I'm down for that one too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in. And this is a word oh, at the table. Um, subscribe, comment. If you have any questions or comments, let us know. Um, that's it. All right, bye guys. All right.